Hey everyone, Charlie Webster here. Welcome to My Sporting Mind podcast. I'm very pleased to welcome MMA fighter, Bellator, Terry Brazier. Terry. Hey. Welcome. How How's things been going? Yeah, it's been it's been emotional, <laughs> to say the least. To be honest, I'm making the most of it and keeping myself busy. And it's forced me to deal with my issues head on. Mistake. Uh, whereas I'd normally run away and uh, run away from my problems, I've had to obviously be stuck here and deal with it. So yeah, no, it's not been too bad. Every cloud's got a silver lining. I feel better for it now. And, um, you know, I've managed to train and stuff. So I'm in good stead for uh, the next fight, hopefully in October. Yeah, because you've just been uh, training right now, actually. Yes. And just on the, just because I know this, when you said about going, you know, your go-to would be to go somewhere. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because your go-to when things aren't, I don't know, you don't feel right, is to go away. Run away, yeah. So, um you know, a lot of people know that follow my career and stuff. I do a lot of my training in Thailand or America. And that's partly because more of the mental side of things than it is the physical. You know, I can get good training in England. I've got uh, I've got good coaches in England and stuff. But uh, when times get hard, sometimes it's just easier to book a flight out of here and, and run away from my problem. So, you know, obviously I spend a lot of time in Thailand. I'm not sure whether it's the culture or the country or, or the training or what it is. But when I'm out there, I seem to feel... You know, I haven't got any problems and my depression's a lot better, no anxiety, uh, and my PTSD's uh, minimal out there. So, yeah, normally I'll just jump on a plane, get out of there. Some would say I'll use it as an excuse. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, that, that's what I've always done, and that's 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 how I've coped with stuff. So it's been, um, been challenging, to say the least, but, you know, uh, it's, it's made me deal with my issues head on. And um, I do feel, I feel a lot better for it. And, you know, the airports are open and I still feel like staying here. So yeah. it's done me good. Do you think it's showing you that you can, yeah, if you're feeling like that, you don't have oh, to? Oh, 100%. You know, running is always the easy option, right? For whatever reason, dealing with mental issues head on is a lot harder than something physical. You know, don't get me wrong. If it's fight or flight, I'm going to stand there and fight. It's what I do, you know, uh, fighting's in my blood. Um, but when it comes down to emotional and mental issues, it's a lot harder to deal with for me it is personally. So to jump on a plane and get out of here is definitely the easy option. So being stuck in gloomy England and, and dealing with my issues is, is uh, been, a, been a challenge. But, you know, everything, everything happens for a reason, right? It does. And we've had conversations around PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. So... You you were diagnosed with PTSD, and I suppose the reason why I say we've had conversations is because I was also diagnosed with PTSD. Um, could you describe what it manifests itself like for you? Because I don't know about you, but I think one of the things I find is that probably more people have PTSD than they realise and don't quite realise oh, what it is and what um, it looks like. Yeah, the, the trouble is with PTSD is it's not visual. A lot of people that don't know I've got PTSD would never never guess I've got PTSD. I've got a smile on my face and I get on, you know, I get on with it and uh, I get on my day and uh, days when uh, it's affecting me badly, maybe they might just think I'm a miserable pig. But, you know, uh, there's a lot going on inside and, you know, this is, this is the trouble. People judge people too quickly and, you know, don't think what they're going through. And But for me personally, when I'm in England, it's, it gets me... It gets me, it gets my anxiety. I start to feel anxious for the day. Uh, I have real bad anxiety attacks, and then come to, come to the evening. Generally, I hate. It sounds really weird, but when the sun goes down, it worries me. I get worried. I'm like, oh, am I going to be anxious tonight? You know, the evenings always get me worse. And then obviously trying to get to sleep. 
And then if I do get to sleep, then it's dealing with the waking up every two minutes. And I actually stayed around a friend's recently and they woke me up and they're like, are you okay? <laughs> You're pulling some weird faces and like moving around and you look really aggressive in your sleep and stuff. Basically, I was just like having an episode. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is me. I'm cool. Don't worry about it, basically. But, you know, speaking to him late um, the next day, he was just like, it was like you're killing someone in your sleep. It was like he was going through that, that's something so intense. Do you know what I mean? Like you weren't like throwing yourself around, but everything was just like re-expressing it on my face and it looked like I was in pain. So that, that's how it affects me. And then I'll go for an episode of that. And then the next day I'll be depressed, you know, and then you've got to deal with that. So it's not just a, it's like a two, three day process. And then you've got to get over it and then get yourself back to normal. You know, and I know it fits a lot of people in different ways at different times and stuff like that. But for me personally, that's that's my struggle, you know, and that's why I'd like to run away from that rather than dealing with it head on, which I have done recently. Uh, more so spending a lot more time on my own, a lot more time walking in the evenings, late at night, having that quiet time away from social media, away from technology, away from, you know, the stuff that comes through the media, the depressing stuff that's going on in, in the world and the country at the moment. So, you know, I like to sort of cut myself away from, uh, off from civilization and sort of like just be, be by myself and, and, and try and deal with that and try and process the thoughts in my head. I know you said that everybody experiences different and they really are, but the way you described PTSD was really good because it does, it's really common that it manifests in that way. And I know everybody feels different about it. I kind of want to emphasize that, but it is panic attacks and then it is nightmares. It was the same for me and nightmares was so significant, like night terrors. That was like my main thing. And then the next day you feel depressed. And one of the reasons why you feel depressed is because that night terror it's yeah. so real. So you actually feel it. I'd wake up and I'd be, I'd feel it all in my yeah. body as if I'm going through it over and over and over again. And then that's when the depression hits because it's almost like you're reliving yeah. the trauma over and over again. When uh, we were speaking away from this, you said to me, how did it all start for you? Like, how did you get diagnosed? So I'm going to ask you the same thing. How did you get diagnosed with PTSD and where did this all start from that um, maybe don't know? For me, like going back, so how I got diagnosed, how I actually found out I had PTSD was post-tour of Afghanistan, 2010 and 2011. Basically, I'd come back. And before that, I'd like to say, not blowing hot air up my own ass, but I'd like to say I'm a bit, I was a bit of a super soldier. You know, I'd, I'd perform to the best of my ability. I'd do what I was asked to do. I'd get everyone else to do what they do. I was a corporal. Do you know what I mean? I was... I was there. You know, that was my life. I was... That's what I was made for. It's what I was built for. And post-war of Afghanistan I come back and while you're out there soldiers tend to treat things with blue humor oh you're having nightmares again you're you know you know I'm putting each other down almost so no yeah. one's going to sit there and go you know, like, I need help you know like I woke up crying I, you know no one's going to do that so coming back it was very like I felt on my own so one minute you're you're a band of brothers the next minute you're on your own and you feel am I the only one dealing with this and you know it started with those sleepless nights the nightmares the flashbacks were really scary initially like really scary i'm like i'm talking i could smell blood when i'd wake up and like horrendous reality it was literally like i was there and then because i was depressed the next day or, or i guess i was depressed but i was coming across as anger and i started flipping out and then i started being angry at people and then i started talking to people hierarchy and stuff in the army that before then i'd be like yes sir no so you just you know you play you, you you play the game right and in the end i was like 
fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, who are you telling me what to do? Like, we were told over the radio to advance to machine guns and stuff like that across open fields. Then I started questioning, hold up, you're sitting in an office telling me what to do as a soldier. Well, how about you go do that? You, as, your, as your mate went shot, as he, you know, my mate got shot yesterday because he was, stood in, he was stood where I was supposed to stand. So now I feel guilty and you're telling me to, well, do you know what I mean? It, it started to get really like that. Then they got passed up the chain of command and they're like, look, you need to go to the medical center because, you know, something's not right. I had a conversation with a doctor for about 25, 30 minutes. And he went, you're not going back to the barracks. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're not allowed to go back to the barracks ever again. And that was it. Got medically discharged. Had a couple of psychiatrists assess me and stuff like that. And they were like, yeah, you can't go back to the barracks. I was driving along the road and I started looking for IEDs in the road in, in England. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So I couldn't tell the difference between Afghan and England. It was like it, things were merging together. That's how it initially started. And to be honest, it was such a traumatic time. I'm like, miss stages. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what happened in that six months. Yeah, that's really Do you know weird. what I mean? It got really yeah. weird. I've become suicidal really bad at one point. And I was just angry. Like I said, my depression was coming across as anger. So I walked into a fighting gym and was like, I want to fight. <laughs> And he's like, all right, you haven't even trained yet. And my coach now, Dean Amazinger, and he's like, you haven't even trained Monday to Friday. And there was an interclub that just so happened to be five days after I joined this MMA club. And I signed myself up to it and had two fights in one day. And obviously, you know, what I showed in there, my coach was like, wow, like I can't teach that. That's something else. I can teach you the skills and that, but the heart and determination and what you've got there. And then I was like, right, I've got purpose again. Because yeah. my purpose in life was being a soldier. I'd walk through London in my beret and all that, and people would like, oh, like, thank you for your service. And, all, and they'd look at you in awe and like, wow, that is an amazing feeling. Considering I come from the streets where people were looking at you like scum, like, that's all like of that attitude and like looking yeah. down their nose at me. I had nothing growing up. I grew up in second-hand Donne trainers and stuff. Do you, do you know what I mean? I had nothing. And then so I went out, I joined the army and I had that. I felt... I don't know, embodied, is that the word? I don't know. Like, I felt I felt really good. And then and then I found MMA and then the gratification and, and how people looked at me like, oh, you're, you're really good. And like, oh, wow. Like, I was like, wow, I felt that feeling again. So yeah. that sort of led me into MMA. Um, but like what we were saying earlier on, I think maybe possibly it's the, the straw that broke the camel's back where um, I was abused growing up violently up until the age of about 13. Um, I was beat badly by my dad and stuff. So you know that's not normal <laughs> and that definitely affected my brain and, and probably i have got some form of ptsd from that but i felt like i was coping with it or dealing with it or it was just was, hasn't arisen yet and then i think maybe the whole what happened in afghan was just like too much too much in the bottle and the lid popped off right so it sort of opened up this whole mess <laughs> of, of, of my life basically and and it's either that or what happened in Afghan uh, has made me deal with my other issues in my life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's made, it's made me realise <laughs> what is and isn't normal. I know yeah. what you know what you mean. You know, we've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. We have very similar backgrounds in terms of upbringing and then the, the straw that broke the camel's back was obviously this big horrific moment for you in Rio and, and, and for me in Afghan. So I don't necessarily think it's maybe one big thing. I maybe think it's a load of messed up stuff that then one big thing just like broke, broke the camel's back, you know. Uh, and then it, when you obviously see psychiatrists and therapists and stuff, they make you deal with all your issues. And you're like, shit, I've got more issues than I realised. Yeah, and it hurts. Yeah. It hurts. It hurts to expose yeah, that, like, to feel that. Like, like you said earlier on, they're like, oh, you know, so talking about when you're five years old. And I'm like, listen, I was like 23 when I was in Afghan. I wasn't five. And they're like, you know, they work obviously back from that stage. Yeah. And they opened up 
they open up loads of boxes you don't want to be opened I guess I'm fortunate to deal with that yeah we do have a really similar story and it's it's crazy because they're different you know I wasn't in Afghanistan um but I nearly lost my life and it was that that made me deal with childhood stuff but ultimately I feel like it was the the trauma and the hurt from the childhood stuff that Mm -hmm. was underpinning all that anyway yeah yeah um and that kind of made me susceptible, more susceptible to having PTSD. Thanks for opening up about that as well, because um, I know we did have quite similar childhoods. Um, yeah. How well, do you, do you know what? I just think like that, that a lot more people have had been abused growing up, especially yeah. in that era. I, I'm get you know you're probably younger than me. I'm, I'm guessing we're sim- sort of similar era, but like people were brought up very differently then, and yeah. I believe a lot more people were abused and have these problems and troubles and. You know, if I can open up about it and and make someone else go and see a therapist or something like that, then you know that's why I do it. And like we said earlier, on, so much more people have got PTSD and have got mental issues that they need addressing and don't realise it because yeah. they're they're just not open to it. Do you know what I mean? And I think people find it really hard. It's something you actually said to me to talk about what's happened to yeah. them uh, when mm. they were younger, as if it was something to do with them when it actually wasn't yeah. they were circumstantially there but it was not to do with no, 100%. them no as kid a child. Off, no, no, yeah. kid off, no kid asked to be in them situations do you know what I mean so do you think that a lot of that fueled you wanting to go into the army because you talked a lot about purpose and how important think, is purpose in somebody's life I think it's like the butterfly effect right uh you change one thing your whole life changed for me now the current situation I'm in, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change one beating that I had from my dad. I wouldn't change one law that I broke when I was younger that forced me to go to court, which then forced me to join the army, which then got me medically discharged. And then from the med- medical discharge, I started MMA. I would never change that. I could be some labourer on a building site, which there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But I don't want to be a 33 year old labourer on a building site earning 80 pound a day. That's not for me. But everything that happened in my life right or wrong has led me to this day and I wouldn't change that. So on that one thing I wanted to ask you was about when you got released by the army do you think it was the right thing for you because even though you clearly um, were having you clearly had PTSD then but at the same time by just taking that away from you also left you really exposed and like you said suicidal. 100% and this is the issue and I do a lot of talks for the army and army charities Paul's Battalion a charity that help veterans and stuff like that I do a lot of these talks because this is the problem I got given I'm I'm quite open with this and I I don't mind and whatever comes back from it comes back from it but I got paid £17,000 and told never to come back to the army but what, what hold up you've just spent the last six seven years training me to go to war zones jump out of planes basically kill people <laughs> you know um okay so they're, they're just like gangsters just because you're a politician you're sitting in an office you're telling me to kill that person why is that any better than a uh, hitman do you know what i mean like and that is what they do they train you to be th- this extreme person that's willing to jump out of a plane because you're told it's safe into a war zone and fight okay so you've, you've taught me that, and now you're saying, oh, you, you know, you, you can't handle soldiering, so there's 17 grand on your way and put onto yeah. civilian street. That's and insane. And then you're expected to just do what? Be normal. After being in that environment, yeah. <laughs> and then you're expected yeah. to be normal. Like The majority of my adult life, 
you've been challenging me to be this extreme person and then you you, you put me on civic street and go oh, you know you deal with your mental illness yourself um you know crack on basically yeah. and and i've seen lads that were with me in afghan that have gone the other way do you know what i mean uh i'm lucky and i'll have channeled it and i'm lucky dean amazing uh, my old coach i own, own my life to him because i was literally just didn't want to be there anymore and he was like let's stick at this you know he, he channeled me he channeled my energy and it's the energy that i had but a lot of people don't get that opportunity and a lot of people do that's why so many ex-servicemen are homeless and stuff in london because what do you do you can't do normal things you can't do a normal job you can't you know it's it's really unfair um, and obviously, I, I can only speak from a soldier's point of view. I don't know from uh, like your point of view or anything like that. But I could imagine that when you've got PTSD, you can't go to a nine to five. One day you might wake up, you might have been up all night having flashbacks and having anxiety attacks, wake up in the morning, super depressed, or you've got to be at work at half eight. That's not an easy thing to do. And then so all of a sudden you need to orchestrate this career that is flexible around your PTSD. And luckily enough for me, MMA is. But for a lot of people that, aren't great at fighting or aren't great reporters do you know what i mean that really all they can do is soldier or be a, a laborer or do you mean a normal job that, that's, this is why they ha- they can't hold down a job and stuff and the army just let people go and don't want and brush them brush them under the carpet where they should be kept in and retra you know, do you know yeah, and helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ultimately um yeah. just on on that because what, what you were saying is so relevant across the board, even whether you're a soldier or not, or whether you're me. Um, because I think when you've got PTSD also, normality is really hard. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. It's almost like the, just a normal day-to-day is actually hard. It's almost like you yeah. need that, especially when you're used to environments like you were brought up in and myself, you're used to extremity. So it yeah. actually feels, I think, feels safer when you're pushing yourself and you've got that adrenaline and you've got that distraction and you can physically push yourself, then it does actually just doing a, you know, a normal day to day thing. How much do you think MMA has brought that to you? And what, what is it about MMA? Well, the thing about MMA is it's structured like the army. I need to be at the gym every day at these times and I need to fulfill a task every day, just like I do in the army. In the army, right, right today, this time I've got to do this, that time I've got to do that. And it's exactly the same for my training. You know, like this morning, I had to be in Wolverhampton for half 10 to do an hour and a half jujitsu. From there, I need to eat my lunch. Then I need to get to my strength conditioning gym that I'm at now. And then I train for an hour. Then I do my recovery for an hour. Then I got this. Do you know what I mean? It's very structured. You know, and that's, that's what I need. And that, that's what I get from MMA. And like I said, other people are unfortunate and don't get that. And what about from a competition point of view? What's it like when you do you get nervous? Um, do you is that almost a safe space for you because you're you, fighting you, and you're using your physical body? Yeah, you get nerves, but there's no nerves like boarding a helicopter at three o'clock in the morning to go and attack a compound in the middle of a desert where you know there's bombs and you're getting shot at. That's the comparison. Walking out at Wembley Arena with thousands of people screaming names, great. But it's not yeah. it's not it's not different nerves. Do you know what I mean? I've seen I've seen people more nervous at fights at weigh-ins than I have guys on a helicopter about to go and attack a compound in Afghan, like shitting themselves. And I'm just thinking, if you're not enjoying this job, you need to go find something else because you don't have to be here. Do you know what I mean? Like that's one thing that I take massively from the army as a beneficial. Obviously, you know, fighting a guy that's got gloves on is like. <laughs> 
It's almost <laughs> like nothing's as bad as what you've already been through. Hundred percent. You know, but that's why you, you've got to take the positives from these situations because mm. I was there. Get ya. Do you know what I mean? And, and 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 unfortunately, it does get a lot of people. The suicidal rate from PTSD and mental illness is, is astonishing. What do you think? You know, and I've been there. What do you think stopped you? You said you've been there. Um, mm. And I really do know what goes on in your head. And I've felt that and I've been in that place too. What do you think it was that stopped you and what was going through your mind? I, I want to start by saying I think suicidal is the most selfish thing on earth. Because of the state of mind I am in today, I feel great today. I've trained, I'm happy, I'm talking to you, things are good. When you're depressed and you're anxious and you're unhappy, it feels like the only way out. I felt like I just can't be here anymore. And I just, it makes me feel sick. It makes me feel a bit sick inside talking about it and a bit emotional, but it literally makes you feel like this is the only option. I just, I just cannot deal with this anymore. I've woken up the next day and thought, man. Like, imagine I'd done that yesterday. Do you know what I mean? I look at my kids and stuff like that, and I'm like, but when you're in that situation, yeah. there's no reasoning. There's no, nothing can be worse than how you feel at that present time. And, and that's the worst thing about mental illness because you can't see that. You can't see what someone's going through. Someone, you might be like, ah, cheer up, you miserable bastard. Do you know what I mean? But you, that, that guy could be so depressed that he wants to kill himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This, is the, this is the trouble with it, and this is why there's not enough awareness and help around mental illness but for me what pulled me out of it i think what made me feel so depressed is how so basically i had a real bad upbringing then i was on the streets i was a little shit and all, all i had was people looking down their nose at me knowing i was a little shit and then obviously i went to court and then from court i went and joined the army on a promise to my mum and then all of a sudden them looks like you little shit turned into, oh my God, you're serving for our country. And it was amazing. The feeling inside is like no drug on earth. Not that I've tried drugs, but I'm just saying, I can imagine it's the best drug on earth. Like it makes you feel amazing. And then that got taken away from me. Yeah. It's like, hold up. I planned my life. Like I was going to be a soldier for the rest of my life. Like, and you've taken this away where I'd come from and how I grew up. This is, I thought that's all I had. And then I went from no one give a shit about me again. Yeah. So then it's almost like I your started, worth was pinned on that. Exactly. Yeah. And then obviously I found MMA, and then I got that same that same feeling from people saying, "Oh, you're good." Uh, you know, winning into clubs and like doing really well and training, and uh, and the coaches I had around me, like Dean Dean at the time, was like really picking me up and boosting, making me feel great. And to be honest, I was like, "Oh, you know, you can make you feel yourself feel good in other ways." Do you know what I mean? Do you, I do that's you know? my personal experience. Do you know? Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. Like. You have you have to, you have times. A couple of days ago, Saturday, I hurt my back. I couldn't train on Saturday. I was like, oh, my life is over. <laughs> like, yeah. what am I going to do? And I all weekend, I was like, and then I started drinking. I was like, it's the weekend, and I feel shit, so I'm going to drink. And then I'm, because I've drunk, I've made myself feel even worse the next day. And it's a vicious circle. And no, I got back on it this morning, got back on the bus, started training. I feel good again. So yeah. it's just managing it. I don't, yeah. you know, there's no cure to it, but it's just managing it and. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds, but all I can say is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work towards making myself feel better by more natural means, but day-to-day life. Do you know what I mean, you need to be happy with your day-to-day life. You need to be happy with yourself and the people around you. Do you know what I mean? You, and you can only do that by opening up and explaining to the people around you why you feel that. And they, they need, you, you know what I mean? If you're unhappy in a relationship, and that's making you feel depressed, get out of that relationship. You know, if you're unhappy in your job, get out of that job. 
it's not existing you need to live you need to continue living and for me like this is to the soldiers out there that have got it right okay you've got trained to be an extreme person be an extreme person there's nothing wrong with being an extreme person an extreme civilian do you know what i mean do it like go out there do crazy shit like you you know there's do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not over. <laughs> yeah, you, I think we over. both do that. You can find it in other ways, right? Yeah. Well, like, you know, just like you've done, you, 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 you started doing extreme sports and, and long distance to, to cope with yours, your yeah. stuff. Do you know what I mean? So your PTSD. So, you know, it's all just about finding, finding the right thing for you, I guess. I really like that, actually. Advice to soldiers that actually you don't ha- you can still find extreme whether it's doing endurance sports or some kind of sport or something physical or some i think I personally sports is like, like the biggest thing for mental illness yeah get yourself in a gym you can lift extreme weights do you know what i mean get yourself and i'm not i'm not saying compare yourself to the next these are the, the biggest bodybuilder in the country to yourself do you know what i mean i go, go in the gym all right I'm, I'm benching 60 kilos so I, in a year's time I will bench 120 kilos do you know what I mean like make your make your own targets extreme I guess right? just push yourself you know and I think this is it like people get depressed and, and the best thing for me my depression is push myself yeah me too you know and make yourself feel good do you know what I mean get them get them endorphins from the gym and you know or whatever sport you're going to do and for me obviously I've got the the dream job for, yeah. for, for for my condition do you know what I mean I fight on the for the biggest the best promotion in the world on the biggest shows in the best stadiums do you know what I mean so for me I, I've made it work but that's not to say that anyone can't do it you've made yours work for you and you know it's not a, it's not going to be an overnight cure but it gets you through to like I've been dealing with this for seven years now, but so now I know I can recognise the signs. Now I know how to treat it. Well, now I know, right, okay, I'm feeling anxious as fuck, so I'm going to walk the dogs for four hours tonight. That's <laughs> exactly what I done last night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you, you know, so it's all about a management. You've just got to manage it, I guess. It's been really amazing to talk to you, and I think you'll have helped a lot of people, and you've given a lot of advice, actually. But is there anything else that you would say to anybody struggling out there? Like for me, like there's so many takes. I mean, even me, you've made me, you've made me emotional, but you've also really empowered and inspired me. Mm. Well, I can relate to so many things. Even like even today, the, the talk with you that's helped me too. Like it's nice speaking to someone that's literally been through very similar, very similar but very different situations, but feel the same. <laughs> if that makes sense and deal with it very similar ways so the first step for me i said you've got to talk to people you've got to talk to someone some of my mates are so stubborn some of my army pals and they ring me when they're drunk or or, or in a bad way and they're feeling depressed drunk at two three in the morning then i'll try to deal with that with one eye open you know ring me tomorrow and then i, I make a thing of talking to them and they're so much more um reserved when they're sober but the first step is contacting someone and speaking to someone. There's plenty of people that are listening and there's plenty of people in the same situation. So yeah. who would have known that we'd end up helping each other? I'm looking forward to having talked to you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. It's been brilliant yeah, no Thank you. talking to you. Really appreciate your time. Um, I know your little one's in the gym, so you better go yeah. and make sure. <laughs> what is he doing? Box jumps? He was doing box jumps last time, <laughs> yeah. You've got to make sure he's not terrorised the gym. Yeah. Um, thanks again to Hope for joining us hope you enjoyed listening thanks to Sport in Mind for their support and also you know Terry spoke about uh, reaching out if you feel like you can't phone a friend there is the Samaritans and Mind and various different charities that will help and if you like what you're hearing we'd love a review if that's okay on the iTunes podcast page thank you for listening and chat soon